Well, how are we doing, 930? Yeah. All right. Get fired up with me this morning. Listen, we are, if you've been with us, then you know we're in the series Colossians, right? We have been walking through the book of Colossians chapter by chapter. And uh, so today we are continuing that series. We're in Colossians chapter 3. You have to forgive me if I sort of break up at certain points. My allergies, I'm telling you, are kicking like Bruce Lee. It's a million pollen count out there, and I feel like I've literally got all of it in my sinuses right now. So, but I'm going to push through. I promise you that. Lord willing. But yeah, we are in Colossians 3. Now, if you're brand new, if it's your first time here, you're watching online, you don't know what's going on, book of Colossians was written by the Apostle Paul. Uh, it's in the New Testament. And uh, he basically he wrote this letter while he was in prison um, after he had gotten a report back from uh, Epaphras, um, who went and actually planted the church um, in the city of Colossae. That's where he was from, and Paul was in prison, so this was basically, uh, this was a report that he got back about this is the, the, the condition of the church, so that's why he was writing this letter. And uh, We find that in chapter 1, it's all about the supremacy of Christ. It's all about the fact that he is the foundation, he is everything and in all things, um, and basically just trying to compound uh, the nature of who Jesus Christ is. They were trying to, Paul was trying to remind them that, listen, there's no other foundation. There's nothing else. Don't add anything to the gospel. The gospel is simply Jesus. And then chapter 2 is just uh, talking about um, sort of if, if you're in Christ, now that you are, um, and you've been raised to new life, sort of ways to walk and, and things to remember um, as they, as they uh, you know, just in their daily lives because it, it would have been a culture um, obviously not exactly like ours, but there was a lot going on. A lot of people were teaching a lot of false things. They were bringing things into the church. Maybe their idea of this is what it really means to have a relationship with Jesus. And Paul was just really trying to further um, cement the fact that no, 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 it's Jesus, it's Jesus. So for part three, we are going into chapter three of Colossians. This will be our third installment. Colossians um, has four chapters in it. So we will be wrapping this series up next week. And there is something exciting. Hang on to the very end of the service. There's something exciting I want to show you. Um, and, uh, and I'm going to move on because I'll spoil it. Okay, so part three. Put on, or put off rather, so you can put on. Right, that's not the name of a song. It maybe should be. But put off so you can put on. And I think what you're going to find today is that the Word of God is very, very practical. Very practical. One thing I love about the Bible is that, listen, God has not left us to wander around in the dark. He's given, he's given us His Word to live by, to walk by, to know Him. If you ever want to hear from God, open your Bible up. <laughs> open your Bible up, and I promise you that God will speak to you. I promise you He will. But put off so you can put on. Listen, I literally almost wanted to put the entire chapter in here. But I don't have enough time. I've only got you for 22 more minutes. So I'm going to sort of in the beginning fly through this. And then I have something I really think is going to help us and meet us where we are. So Colossians 3.1, we're going to kick it off this morning. If you would read with me. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. We know that God is seated at the right hand, or Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. And this, it's interesting in verse 1, he's saying, since you have been. Okay, so he's definitely speaking to Christ followers. These are people that have decided, right, to follow Jesus, no turning back. So he's speaking to Christ followers. Colossians 3, 2. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. I just want to ask really quick. Hang me right there. I want to ask. <laughs> I hope, I hope 
that our thoughts and our mind is not only, uh, it's not only thinking about um, the things of heaven and the things of God when we come to church on Sunday, and then as soon as we leave, it's all about the things of this earth. That's what I hope. Because listen, where your mind is, <laughs> eventually you will be. I believe, I'm not saying every time, but I believe that most actions start with thoughts. Of course, we do things sometimes that are just spur of the moment. But a lot of times in life, when you find yourself in a place physically, you've been thinking about it before you ever got there. Whatever that thing is. That's why he's telling them, set your minds on this. Okay, this is not, I don't, I don't want to teach you this one time and then you forget it or just learn it once. No, every day you have to condition your mind just to think about the things of heaven. Verse 3. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. What a perfect song we just sang. What a perfect song. Colossians 3, 4. I promise you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trek with me because I promise you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of fire off fast. And when Christ, who is your life, I pray that He is today. I pray that Christ is your life. Not just a small part of your life, not a footnote. I pray that He is your life. <clears throat> is revealed to you the whole world. You will, you will share in all His glory. Now here's where we get into a practical part of Colossians 3. I want to talk to you for a minute about out with the old. Out with the old. So, <clears throat> here's why I want to set this up really quick by saying this. I know for me, I'm just speaking about me in this moment. For me, when I first started getting exposed, really like truly to the things of God, right? I was exposed to the gospel and people were talking to me about the Bible and that sort of thing. I had a mindset and I don't know if this will meet anybody where they are. Maybe you're watching online. I'm not sure. But I had a mindset that, you know, I knew about the Bible. I'd heard about the Bible. But really, I mean, it's just, it seems like a lot of just things, like a list of things you're supposed to do and not supposed to do and just a lot of rules and laws and, and that sort of thing. And as I begin, or began to get into the Word of God, here's what I really truly started to understand is that, listen, Listen, it's, it, the Bible is either true or it's not true. We all have a decision to make in that aspect. It's either tr- it can't, can't be in the middle, right? Truth by its very nature is exclusive. Okay? So it's either true or it's not true. Well, when I began to read the, the Bible and I've told you my testimony, I knew that Jesus did exactly what he said he did. I believed it and could do in me what I could not do in myself. Well, as I began to read the Bible, I'm coming across things and I'm like, well, hang on a minute. If God really did speak this earth, speak to heaven, everything you see into existence, Colossians 1 talked about that. Everything that you see and even the things you don't were created by Him and for Him. If that really is true, then doesn't the Creator of your life and my life probably know what's best for us? In other words, if you set up a boundary and you tell your children not to go outside of it, why? Because it's dangerous outside of that boundary. One of the simplest truths that I had to find, and maybe, maybe this is not going to blow your mind, but it, was, it, it really was a revelation for me, is that God's not trying to keep me from having fun or doing what I want to do. He knows what type of life is going to fulfill me and bless me and really make me happy and bring me peace. All He wants me to do is to walk in that. So when the Word of God is telling you not to do something, it's not because God doesn't want you to do it because it's, it's not going to be fun or He doesn't want you to have fun. He knows that doing those things will lead you to a place in life that you don't want to be. I feel like I'm speaking a little bit better than you guys are amen and out there. If you've experienced some life and experienced some hardships, then you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. We find ourselves wandering back all the time. Well, I've done it my way again, but Lord, here I am. <laughs> 
and he always opens his arms to us. Out with the old. So here we go, Colossians 3, 5. So put to death, so you can tell the Paul, the writer here, he's not kidding around. Put to death, you need to kill this. The sinful earthly things lurking within you. Let me just go ahead and tell you, if you're in Christ, you've been uh, born again, as John chapter 3 talks about, you have the Spirit of God living within you. I've talked about this last week. There's a part of you that is holy. There's a part of you that's eternal and already seated with the Father in heavenly places. But there's also that Romans 7 type, right? Our sinful nature. There's that uh, sort of that battle going on within us that Paul talked about. The things I don't want to do, that's what I end up doing, those sort of things. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? So there's, there's always that battle. But he talks about the, the sinful nature, the things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Colossians 3.6 Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. Listen, well, I mean, Cody, I, I just want to talk about the verse that, that God is love. Yes, He is love. And in his very nature to love, he must also hate some things. And he does. The Bible says that God is holy. Be holy for I am holy. God is completely holy without sin. Sin angers God. Now that anger was appeased through Christ Jesus. That was paid for. But at the same time, we live in a world that's continuously going down the wrong path. I mean, need I say more? It seems like week after week after week, you hear something crazier and crazier and crazier happening. And what is it, listen, what does it all go back to? The farther and farther we get away from living our lives based on the gospel, the worse and worse things get. The worse and worse things get practically. Literally, we see it happening. Colossians 3, 7. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. Colossians 3, 8. But, say the second word with me, but, but now, not tomorrow, not next week, okay, not when you grow up, not when, I don't know, I get some things together, not when my finances are in order, right now. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Come on, y'all, dirty language. Nobody out there? Huh? I get going too much, I might say a dirty word up on stage, and I definitely don't want to do that. I get fired up. <laughs> listen, if, if that's you in this place, listen, don't, don't sink into your seat a little bit. Listen, none of us are perfect. Don't measure your life based on uh, perfection. You look at the direction of your life. If you want the things of God, if you genuinely desire that, that is an outward sign of an inward change. I told you this last week. All I know is this. Well, I know a lot of things about what happened in, in, in my testimony with Christ, but all I know is this. I love the things that I used to hate, and I hate the things that I used to love before Christ. I don't know. It was just, He did it. He did it. But get rid of that dirty language, y'all. Bunch of cussers out there. I know it. You're watching online. Get rid of that dirty language. Colossians 3.9 Don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all the wicked deeds. Hang me right here for one second. Now listen, if you're honest, you know that 
you have, it's crazy in life. You, before, before Christ, I was a liar. Just being honest, I'll be transparent before you. And listen, I lie about things that made no sense. There wasn't even anything to gain from the lie. I was just telling a lie. Can I be honest in church this morning? We always have a choice of what we're going to do. These things that he's talking about, we have a choice in that. And listen, Christ follower, you have the Spirit of God living within you. The same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. You have power to not do these things. Of course, listen, I remember getting so jacked up in the beginning because, okay, here I am, I've had this encounter with Christ and He is exactly who He says He is. But why sometimes do I still want to do things that He tells me not to do? Why? I mean, that's a practical question, right? I'm a real person. Like, like, why? And it used to discourage me because I'm thinking to myself, you know what, and what will happen is the enemy will use that. You're not really changed. Look at you. Look at you. Most of the time you want to do it, but then every now and then you don't. There's, I don't know, there's not really a true change in you. That's why it's important to understand our nature. To understand that there is a part of us that is, that is battling, that there's this war going on. You see that in the life of Paul? Oh, wretched man that I am. Paul considered himself the least of the apostles. Chief of sinners. But he knew who he was in Christ. He knew he was a new creation in Christ Jesus. And if you are today, there's reason to celebrate for that. Let us not get jaded of that fact. Let us not, you know, encounter something and then, you know, at once and it's so incredible, but then years down the road, it's like, oh yeah, Jesus. No. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I need Him more today than I ever have. And if I ever lose sight of that, watch out. Because I'm about to fall. I know what my foundation is. It's not me. It's not this stage. It's not this world. It's not the job. It's not the money. It's Christ Jesus. I will interrupt myself every now and then to preach, so just hang with me. All right, so, but Colossians 3.10. All right, so put on your new nature. Now, hang, just for one minute. Remember the, the, uh, the title of the sermon? You have to put off so that you can put on, right? Well, here's what's interesting. You're going to see this. It's so practical in the Word of God that God doesn't just tell you to stop doing some things without also telling you to do some things instead of those things. See, oftentimes as Christ followers, we get into something called behavior modification. If I just quit doing this, God will love me more. Or I just got to stop doing this. Like, yeah, everything's good, but that filthy language Paul talks about, I still do that. But if I could just stop doing that. Listen, God will not leave you in a place of just, listen, just don't do that. He will give you something to do instead of that. And I think that's an important step. I think, there's, I think that's very, very practical. It says, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. So I said, out with the old, now we're going in with the new. Out with the old and in with the new. Alright, so here we go. So here's the practical side of it. Here's, okay, so put off, don't do this. Here's what we should do. Colossians 3.12 Since God shows you since God chose you, Charlie. Since God chose you, James, Christy. Since God chose you, Victor. He's chosen you to be the holy people He loves. You must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Listen, He doesn't say, I think you should probably. 
you must do these things. We have to. Listen, a, a lost and dying world out there, especially in our culture that has been overexposed to the gospel, I mean, cultural Christianity just reigns in this area, right? And we got this mindset that I guess everyone has been exposed to the gospel. Listen to me, there are people out there that have no idea who Jesus is. And the Word of God says that all will know that you are my disciples by the love you have for one another. The love. We have to put on these things right here. So listen, when I read this, it got me thinking about something. It got me thinking about something and I guarantee, I would I, pretty much guarantee that everybody in this room will be able to relate to this. So it talks about put on, right? Put on that new nature. But then sometimes there's that old nature lurking within us, right? You know what it got me thinking of? Just bear with me one second. So it got me thinking about all of us Somewhere in our home, our apartment, maybe in our car, amen. We have some bags of stuff that we've been talking about taking to Goodwill and Carm for about 10 years. Right? Yeah, you can laugh because you do. You may not have as much as the next person, but just stuff. It's like, yeah, no, I need to get rid of that stuff, right? I mean, I've had it forever. I mean, the stuff ain't even been in fashion since 1994. But for some reason, I'm hanging on to it. I don't know why. I've just got to have it, right? We hang on to it. For a moment, here's what I want you to picture these bags as. Anger. Wrath. All the things that it talked about that we should put off, right? Impurity. We hang on to some of these things. And I think I'm going to show you how we do it willingly sometimes. See, the problem is, is that the Bible tells us to put on that new nature. Now, this right here is about a $5,000 suit. I'm kidding. It's like two, dollars $300. But it, it's a really nice suit, okay? And every now and then, I wear it. And it's great. It's dark navy blue. You wear it with some brown shoes and a brown belt. Dark brown. It looks good. It does. I had this joker fitted. You know what I mean? You take it and take it to the tailor and they, ah, just, it fits like a glove. This is for my body. It fits my body, my body only. And I love this suit. Possibly. And I love this suit. The Word of God tells us to put on and clothe ourselves with this new nature. So for a moment, I want you to think about this as, and read it with me, as tender, no, go back one verse, 12. Let's back it up. Tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, right? Gentleness and patience. I want you to think about this as that new nature it's telling us to put on. And I want you to think about this stuff that's sitting in your closet or sitting in your car. Hello, somebody out there. It's jacked up. Can't even, it's a four-door, but you only can fit two people in there because of how much stuff is in the car. Take that stuff to goodwill. You don't need it. All right? But think about this stuff as the anger, the wrath. Think about this as that new nature. Listen, sometimes, sometimes we are hanging on to that stuff willingly. Now, here's what I want to tell you. Let's say that this is unforgiveness of somebody. Let's say that this is resentment. 
say that this is something where you would say, but yeah, but Cody, you don't know what they've done to me. You don't know what happened to me. To which I would say, you're right. I, I don't know exactly what's happened to you. But I know this. We all, because the Bible says we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all have wronged and trespassed against a holy God. But He forgave us and continues to forgive us and calls us to do that to others. See, oftentimes we really want to be the new person. We really want that. But we're still hanging on to stuff that we know we shouldn't. It's there and we know we shouldn't have it within ourselves. Listen, let me, let me set somebody free with this right here because I really think this, this will hit you where, where honestly, and meet you exactly where, where it needs to. Just because, listen, let's say you have resentment, okay? And you really do have resentment against somebody and anger and you're holding on to that. But you really want to forgive them. But then sometimes when something happens, it happens, it comes up again and you think about it. You think about how they wronged you. In that moment, you still have a choice of which thing you're going to pick up. Just because, it, just because the resentment and the anger comes to your mind, just because it's still a part of you, that doesn't mean that's who you are or what you're doing. You have a choice to make. You have a choice to make. Every single day, you can put on tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You can put on all of those things. And for the love of God, please take this stuff to goodwill. That's actually some of my good clothes. I'm not taking that. I just put it in there for presentation purposes only. So listen, follow with me for a little bit longer because I think towards the end of this chapter, Paul really gives us something that's super practical. And I think if we would do this on a daily basis, life would look so much different. Go to verse 13 for me. Make allowance for each other's faults. Hello, somebody. We all have them. And forgive anyone who offends you. We don't like that sometimes, do we? Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Listen, even when you don't want to, and the fact that you don't want to, it's okay. Listen, let me get real with you and relate to you. I understand that feeling, but you still must forgive. What does true forgiveness look like? I still think about it sometimes. In that moment, you remind yourself. You speak the promises of God. No, 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 I must forgive because He tells me I must. And He has forgiven me and continues to forgive me. You must forgive others. Colossians 3.14 Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Here's what I want you to know today. The Word of God is practical. Listen, sometimes I, don't get up, I get up here and I don't know if I'm going to yell at the end or whatever, but here's what I want you to know today. That the Word of God is practical. It's not some big list of do's and don'ts and God's trying to keep you from something. It is practical. If there's something in there, He's giving it to you for your benefit, for your good. Colossians 3.15, we're about to land this thing. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. True peace only comes from Him. In my life, that's what I've experienced. When I get away, when I get away from that fact, when I act like that's not true, chaos starts to slip in. True peace comes from Jesus Christ. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And listen, always be thankful. I want you to watch this over the next three verses. Go to verse 16. 
underline that for a reason. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom He gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Next verse. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Would that make you think a little bit differently or walk a little bit differently? Everything that you're doing is a representative of Christ. If I claim that I'm in Him and I'm following Him, I've decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. Everything that I do is a representative of Christ. I mean, how much different would life look if, if Jesus was standing right beside us every day and we were walking with Him? Listen, He lives within you. You are a representative of Jesus Christ. Giving thanks through Him to God the Father. This man, hang me right there for a minute. This man is writing this from prison. Another epistle that he wrote to another church, he said, guess what? No matter the state I'm in, I've learned to be content. No matter, as he's in prison for the gospel. That is incredible to me. This man has learned to be content and give thanks. Here's the thought I have today. A grateful heart is the key to a content life. Are you grateful for what you have in your life right now? Or is it always needing something more? There has to be something else to fill something. Or are you grateful? Genuinely grateful? There's a reason why Paul ends that. And each verse has it in there every time. Grateful. Give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. You have to give thanks. You have to be grateful. You have to learn no matter what state you're in to be content. Talk to me, 930. Talk to me. Amen? Amen. Listen, I'm telling you, if you if you'll grab a hold of that, and listen, and us not walk out of here and mope about our circumstances or be all thankful in church, but then as soon as something happens, we get a flat tire or somebody says something mean to us, all of a sudden it's down the drain with everything. No, no, no. Don't let your circumstances dictate that. Be grateful. Be thankful because of all that He has done for you. And I'm telling you that grateful heart is a key to a content life. If you would stand with me, we're going to we're going to pray, like I said, sometimes I don't know if I'm going to jump off the stage or throw this mic through the wall or yell. I don't know. But today I just felt like telling you that. Maybe it's time for us to get back to being grateful. And not just do that as a routine on Sunday morning, but to genuinely walk out of here and be thankful and grateful for what we have. And to do everything that we do as a representative of Jesus Christ. How much different would life look? Father, we thank You for uh, just Your goodness. Thank You for Your Word. God, Your Word is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to go in and cut away the things that need to go and bring life in the areas that we need life. Help us to love Your Word in a deeper way. Help us to apply it practically. Help, it, help us to understand that, that Your Word is there for our benefit. God, just like the bags of clothes that we need to get rid of. Lord, help us to get rid of the things that you, you call us to stay away from. Help us to put away anger and wrath and malicious behavior. Help us to be tender-hearted and showing mercy and love. And God, we can stand here today and say we love you because you first loved us and gave everything for us. Lord, we sing to you we honor you and we worship you. 
It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Now, don't forget, I've got, like I said, I've got a surprise coming at the end of service. It's going to be cool. But if you would, just, just sing with us really quickly as we give thanks. Listen, somebody in here give thanks today to the Father for all He's done. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to stay connected with everything that's happening at City Lights, then be sure and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also by subscribing to our YouTube channel.